I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcasts is supported by Twin Motion and by Section Cut from our friends at Monograph. You'll hear more about them later on in the episode. Hello! My name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Morning, guys. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Jason, you're back. You're no longer in beautiful Hawaii. Yeah. So, so people will hear you in the office and uh, the chatter in the background. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So welcome back. Um, you left... Hawaii, an area uh, area surrounded by water. Yep. And news broke in Utah. They are actually in a drought, as we are here in California. Oh. Um, but so much to the extent, uh, I think it's in Oakley, Utah. They actually stopped growth, stopped development, because the drought was such a concern. Didn't they do that in Cal? Or didn't they try to do that in California too a couple years back? Wasn't there a push for that? I don't recall hearing that they actually wanted to stop, like push to stop development. But I know the drought was an issue where they had us doing, um, you know, you could only water your lawn on Tuesdays and Thursdays and stuff like that. You know, what's funny with the VIA, I'm pretty positive they're actually trying to get 
development to stop because of the use of water and they were trying to push that the that development was taking all the water as opposed to all the rundown houses that have the leaks and everything else going on right <laughs> yeah i'm almost positive that was the case because now that's right because the idea back then was the efficiency of the new homes is so much better water wise mm -hmm. than all the other homes and if you look at the percentage of new homes versus you know the percentage of, of what's out there it was like a blip on the radar i think i yeah. remember something like that that's funny you mentioned that um in one of our episodes, uh, I think last year was a water treatment episode. So um, by 2040, I think it is, they anticipate that there will be mass water shortages and it will be inaccessible in a lot of places around the world. Um, I think wow. here in the U.S. will probably be able to sustain for quite some time. But in our area, in our region, the southwest We'll probably start to have some issues uh, as the years go by. So we'll have to figure out something, some sort of solution. Inaccessible to water. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be scary. That's an interesting deal. So you see people buying up water rights and starting to invest in water. The wealthy cornering the water market. <laughs> um, this might be an issue in the coming years. Going to your, your, your previous point, we talked about in that episode, the inefficiency of infrastructure mm -hmm. is a big part of the loss of water through leakage and just poor systems that just uh -huh. don't work efficiently. So an investment in our infrastructure is critical to, to upgrade and be able to gain some efficiency on our water usage. Well, it's funny because I remember the other thing that people were talking about way back when was the idea that we never did a very good job of capturing water. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the rainwater and stuff like that. Like there wasn't a lot spent on the original initial infrastructure, right? That everything's being built on top of. So it's like when we finally do get water, because people forget here in Southern California, we're actually a desert. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know it looks beautiful and tropical, but it's a desert. When we do get water, it just runs off. You know, mm -hmm. just run straight to the ocean and we don't we don't capture. It. I think Claremont or Upland, somebody did a really good job way back when. But um, but the vast majority, we lose anything we receive anyway. You know, Irvine here, we uh, they collect a lot of water and recycle for um, for all the landscape usage, mm -hmm. uh, which is really good. So they have their own water district and they process a lot of that water and pump it back out to use for the landscape, which cuts down significantly on water loss and usage. And we had talked about this, I think it was our third episode when we did the smart cities. Do you mm -hmm. remember way back? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do. <laughs> and we talked about Bill Gates city that he was doing in, um, in Arizona. Yeah, it was in Arizona, just outside of Phoenix, I think. Uh, it was like a brand new city that he was trying to establish. That was a smart city. Yep. And they had to go through uh, a study to show that the increase in population would not hinder the water that was accessible to that region. Right. So that's kind of what ha is happening in Utah is that they're looking at basically the proposed amount of people that would come in uh, for these for some of these developments and their available water now and projections. And it's it's not looking good. <laughs> so so uh, so they basically put a halt to any development for the time being. What is, what is, do you know what the specifics are on that stop? Like what is, what, like it's just an all out stop period, no more building. Like how's that work or further permits or for new communities in general to get started? Because that's got a lot of implications either way, right? 
Yeah. So these were new developments that they were stopping. Um, and, you know, they started to look at, you know, what's going on and, and just said, no, this is not this is not happening. <laughs> we can't sustain. Wow. That's interesting. That's bad in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, how if you're not, you know, I always joke with everybody, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. So if you're not constantly moving forward, you got issues. So I wonder what they're saying their their plan is to rectify that to rectify the stoppage in housing yeah you can't just be like no we're not doing this you know what i mean like is there some you know or are they just stopping it to say we're going to evaluate how to make this happen yeah and that that's the issue people are concerned that the stoppage will worsen the affordability crisis right but it's like you damned if you do you damned if you don't like how do you bring all these people in with housing and then you don't have water <laughs> Yeah. And then, yeah. And if you don't do it, then yeah, you are worsening. Have you seen some of that modified, um, what is it, the weather modification stuff people are doing? Uh, Have you seen any of that where they're literally like sending like drones and electric pulsing? They did it in like a. (laughs) No. No joke. And you'll have to research it. It was, um, I don't know if it was Dubai or where it was, but literally the idea was it was taking all the water molecules in the air that wouldn't formulate to, to make a, a heavy rain cloud uh-huh. and make them formulate to make a heavy rain cloud. Legit weather modification. It was in the news. Are they getting anything out of it? Yeah. Huh. Which is weird because I'm like, mm, you know, I'm not so sure I'm okay with this because if you can start doing that, now we're talking hurricanes and everything else, right? But you should look it up because I wonder, I mean, I wonder if there's a legit ability to do that for areas like this, right? Like you look at something like that, it's like, okay, you know, if that's the case, then we can create this this way to generate our own water. Yeah, I heard about it. Um, I want to say a few years ago, people were talking about you know trying it. I hadn't heard that they actually attempted it. Yeah, I I mean I I want to say it was in the last week. Okay, that I read something about it in, in an actual article, not like one of my. <laughs> whatever screen <laughs> screenshots <laughs> that you get forwarded. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I'll look into that and maybe we can get somebody in to talk about it. Cause that's interesting. I mean, get like Johnny mountain or uh, Dallas range or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to the topic. So there is a professor of hydrology at the university of Utah. He said, these towns are canaries in the coal mine. They can't count to go up to the tap and turn on their water. Climate change is coming home to roost right now, and it's hitting us hard. So I don't know if you got a chance to ever go back and listen to our episode uh, this year with uh, Eric Corey. Okay. So he's the sustainability director from Canon Design, and he has been studying climate change and everything. And he basically, in our episode, in so many words, said that you know, we're too late. There's no turning back. Wow. The damage is done. Okay. The only thing we can do is mitigate it at this point and okay. just try to slow to slow it to some extent. Okay. So yeah, this this water thing I think it's gonna so be maybe it's just a lot bigger issue, right? It's kinda like the tip of the sword. Oh yeah. Like there's there's definitely gonna be some significant changes as we get uh get along in this over the years. I feel like 2040 is probably going to be a big year where we see, where we start to dramatically see differences. Why'd you pick that? That's just kind of a convergence of where all the the numbers are hovering around of predictions. Okay. 
um, in various different areas. I mean, I'll be close to 60 at that point. So maybe that's why I start being like, I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you're just sitting in your, it's your problem. Chair. Yeah, yeah, it's your problem. Somebody else's. <laughs> that's the problem. It's that sort of thinking. I got to do something. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's in, in Utah. That's kind of where they're at. They're they're actually starting to implement some of these um, things that we talked about in California where they're cutting back on water usage. But the thing that they have to balance is it's a lot of farmland in that area where they use a ton of water as okay. is. So it's going to be tough for them to come out of this. Well, I think I think the other part just that that area in general has seen so much growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's It's like massive amounts of growth in the last few years. I mean, everybody's going out there kind of like that article says, right? Commercial, residential, like it's been one of the biggest places that's boomed, period, in the last few years. We're going to take a quick break to share a little bit more about our sponsors. What if you could visualize your building in a couple of clicks, remove months from the design process, or create a bridge between stakeholders to solve problems before they even come up? Our friends at Twin Motion offer simple, real-time visualization for architects. Their technology lets you view and edit your scene on the go in the same pixel-perfect quality as the final rendering. Twin Motion seamlessly integrates with other tools like SketchUp and Revit, transforming your BIM or CAD models into high-quality images, panoramas, VR videos, or presentations. Sound complicated? Well, what if I told you that Twin Motion enables anyone to present the biggest ideas in the easiest way possible, regardless of previous CG experience? To download your exclusive free trial, head to twinmotion.link/spaces. That's twinmotion.link/spaces. Section cut by Monograph. Monograph is building a community of like-minded firm owners and operations leaders who are looking for solutions that align with their firm's values. On top of that, Monograph is building the only cloud-based practice operations software built exclusively for architects by architects. Monograph's easy-to-use and beautifully designed software allows you and your team to know, in near real-time, whether you are on pace to deliver a project on budget. With Monograph, you and your team can plan project schedules, budgets, role assignments, and team members all in one place. The best part of Monograph? It doesn't require a degree in finance to use. To experience the difference today, sign up for a free trial at monograph.com. And to underscore their commitment, on August 12th, Monograph will be hosting their first ever virtual conference. It's called Section Cut. This one-day event brings firm owners, operations leaders, and project leaders together to learn from success stories and workshops, all with the goal of improving their business. Reserve a seat at Section Cut today by visiting sectioncut.com. So I had this crazy idea. Tell me what you think of it. It's crazy. <laughs> So I don't know the feasibility of it, but I was just thinking there's tons of wasted water in the east when it, you know, it snows like crazy hurricanes and all these storms. How insane would it be or possible if we developed some sort of infrastructure that pumped 
like you collect all that snow and direct all of that rain into these tanks that cart it over to some facility and pump it to the West. Is that insane? Well, I mean, I think, no, no, I don't think it is because I think you're going to look at having to do something like that in the future. Yeah. Right. So I don't think it's completely insane. Is it a massive undertaking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think when you look at what you're going to have to do to current infrastructure, to be able to make those types of things happen because really what you're looking at, it's almost like well gatherings, right? Like a well, well system gathering. So you're going to have to dig into all these different types of areas and whatever to allow this stuff to seep in, to be able to then pump out and tank or ship or however you want to do that. Yeah. Um, so unless you've got these massive open fields, which now you're digging into people's property to do that, and you're probably talking to imminent domain and all the crap that goes along with that. Right. It's a massive undertaking, but that's the same thing I think about, right? Like you look at where we were at as a tropical place, it rains all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, now granted it's on an island, it's a little bit different, but it's like, how do you, how do you capitalize on that? And I think that was the main idea of all the aqueducts that used mm-hmm. to run, right? I mean, that's essentially what that is, right? Yeah. It's taking water from places that have seemingly, Too much. <laughs> yeah, so much that it causes problems at times, you know what I mean? And, and, and bringing it to, to a different, different location. So um, it's not crazy because we do that and it's what we're going to have to do. I think the bigger thing is how and when do you start the undertaking into getting into those unseen infrastructures? Yeah. You know what I mean? The stuff that we, where you do that. Yeah. And then I, I can't even, I can't even talk about the implications because I'm sure there's going to be some like the same people that are talking about the, the earth is going to die because all the weather change are going to talk about how now you're shifting you're messing with the ecosystem at that point, right? Is what they're yeah. going to start saying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I well beyond my pay grade <laughs> I, I just know from from the construction side how much that would take to do that and yeah. it's seen amount of work and years and years and years of planning i mean yeah. but how many jobs do you create Tons. i mean if you look at <laughs> if you look at it's kind of like looking at like the oil pipeline right yeah um and those types of things um you know it's essentially the same idea mm-hmm. you know you're pulling oil out of the earth and you're pumping it all the way across wherever and having to get rights and fight with the rights to do all these things. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about airspace, lands, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if water becomes the biggest commodity, well, man, that's a whole nother fight, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's a lot of years. Yeah. Well, I don't think you, with what I'm thinking, it's not necessarily a whole lot of digging in several, well, I guess the pipe. You think of massive catch cans, like just huge well, like, like rain barrels. Like loca- essentially like locations, <laughs> we convert these office buildings that are no longer used and uh, turn them into water collection facilities, ship them to this other location where the pipe happens and run that pipe all the way across to another yeah. facility that distributes all across the West. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Because we're going to have to figure out something, I right. think. Well, everything can't just stop because of it. Because we can't. In California, we came out of the drought. Uh, what was it? Was that two years ago? Because we had been and I just in a went drought. right back into it. <laughs> yeah, because we had been in a drought for years, yeah. and we came. We officially came out for I don't know some months. A blink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the I remember driving around, and some of our hillsides were just lush green, yep. and I, it looked like we were in Hawaii. Yep. Uh, because yep. you could see the ocean off in the background. Yep. And it's like, this is amazing. And now it's all fire tinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we already have one fire started. Um, Did we? But Oh, yeah. There's there's one right now up north. Oh, I didn't know that. And Oregon, I believe. Okay. I think there's there's a big one. So 
Um, but we'll get into that too yep, later. Yep, fire season. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now we're back in a drought. Everything is dry, and who knows what uh, what's going to happen next after that. <laughs> yeah, it's always something. But I think we, we have to start thinking about other options. One of the other things we'll talk about that I want to do an episode on uh, probably next year, because we won't be able to pull it together this year, but desalination. Been a huge topic for years. And basically what goes into creating that, because we have, you know, the world is 70% water. How do you capitalize on some of that? And then you have to think about that balance of not taking too much water from the ocean because population growth doesn't seem to be slowing down necessarily either. So right. we're going to figure out something very, very soon. Yeah, I'm going to have to. So I think we'll wrap that here. But if you want to check that out, that article is in the New York Times right now. If you can get behind the paywall. Uh, the article is called A Drought So Dire That a Utah Town Pulled the Plug on Growth by Jack Healy and Sophie Kasakov. So you can check them out. Uh, we'll put a link in our show notes as well. But thanks for joining me again, Jason. To the listeners, thank you for listening. And we will talk again on Thursday. Thanks. Thank you to Twin Motion for their support of this podcast episode. Don't forget to visit twinmotion.link slash spaces today and try Twin Motion for free. Thank you to Monograph for their support of this podcast episode. To reserve a seat at their first ever interactive virtual conference, visit sectioncut.com today. Thanks again for listening. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-Media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. 
He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.